0: Man, that song is really a prayer, isn't it? Oh, come to us, abide with us. Uh, I don't want to preach before I preach, but uh, if you can't say that I'm dwelling with Him daily, I'm walking with Him daily, I know this Christ of Christmas, don't go today without meeting Him and inviting Him into your heart and your life. You will have the greatest Christmas you have ever had. I just want to encourage you, and not, not that you, just that you should do that, but you can do that. You get to do that. He is standing at every heart's door, knocking, saying, I've got a gift for you, the greatest gift in all the world. If you'll just open the door and receive it. We all have that opportunity. Even if we've done it before, do it again do it again. There's more of Him. There's more that He wants to pour into our lives. As we prepare our hearts for, for prayer this morning, there are certainly uh, needs that I know are on all of our hearts. Uh, many of us have, have seen uh, the reports of the storm uh, devastation in several states over the, uh, Friday night, and uh, so many people affected there, and probably a significant number of lives lost. Um, let's lift up uh, these, and uh, any way we can find to, to help and be a blessing, we want to do that. Uh, many of you have been praying, I know, for Fred, and he continues to make a good recovery. He'll be having surgery again on Tuesday uh, to uh, complete some things that he needs with his uh, injuries and recovery, but uh, thank you for praying for he and Jennifer and all their family, and let's continue to lift them up to the Lord. Um Let's remember those that are in uh, our nursing homes, uh, those that uh, don't feel like they have family around them. We kind of can take that for granted, that we're, many of us are surrounded by family and events and occasions and things to do. Uh, there are quite a few who aren't, and uh, let's be mindful uh, of them this season, and certainly those that are grieving uh, a first Christmas with a dear loved one. That was here last Christmas and not this Christmas. That's, that's difficult. So let's, uh, let's lift one another up and encourage one another in, uh, in that. If you'd like to come to the altar, I uh, invite you to do that. You know, one of the greatest themes of Christmas is traveling. If you read through the Christmas story again, you see Mary and Joseph traveling to Bethlehem. The shepherds traveling out of the fields to find the baby. The, 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 the wise men traveling from afar all of them were taking a journey, and we're all on a journey. So uh, let's, let's together take the, that next step that he wants us to take this morning. Uh, let's just quiet our hearts for a moment as they continue to pray. You can be seated or come to the altar, however you feel led. And Let's pray together this morning. Father, as I uh, read through again the, uh, the Christmas story this week, um, it did strike me again how in so many different ways people were searching for you. Following a star, counting on prophecies that had been given hundreds of years before, believing the messages they had been told were true, And that finally, finally, a Savior had been born. And Father, this morning we we adore you. We praise you. You have provided all that we need. You've provided more than just our needs, you've provided riches and blessings and friendships and joy and laughter wonderful sights and sounds and oh god we're not worthy of all that you pour into our lives you're there to comfort us and strengthen us and give us wisdom and guidance and a lot of times lord you're looking out for us when we're we don't even know it we don't even know we need it you're ahead of us leaning into the what's coming in our lives I thank you, Lord, for the mystery and the wonder of your love, your presence with us, your your abiding with us. I thank you, Lord, that as we have sung this morning, the promise is still true. No, No ear may hear your coming, but in this world of sin where meek souls will seek you still, the dear Christ enters in. What a great truth. If we will just seek You, You have promised, You will be found. And You will enter into our hearts and lives. And and maybe we need that for the first time this morning, Lord. Maybe we just need a fresh dose, a fresh wind, a fresh fire of Your presence, Your Spirit moving across our lives. Lord, we confess to You that we are in such need of You to guide us and Show us the way. We want to be faithful to you. We want to live for you. And in a sin-sick world, Lord, there are challenges all around us and and the enemy wants to lie and steal and distract us and, and he'll use any method to get to us. So God, this morning, draw us close to you. Remind us again of who you are and, and who we are as your beloved children. That you would would come to this earth in the form of a baby, that you would live a model life for us and, and give your life a ransom for many. And that you would rise again to show us that the last and greatest enemy of every person on this planet has been defeated. Death itself will not get the last word. Lord, we praise You and we we thank You today that, that we can look around and see Your faithfulness, Your goodness, even in a world of darkness. You are the light. You are our hope. You are our joy. You are the lifter of our heads. And we praise You this morning that we can be a people of hope, a people of joy, a people of peace, and all the fruit of the Spirit living in our lives. We can show a lost and dying world that there is victory and there is a way, and you are that way. You are the greatest gift of Christmas. I pray, Lord, that uh, we'd even take stock right now. Perhaps we've already got caught up in in things that may not necessarily be bad but they've they're leading us away from the main point help us lord to focus in again this morning on the Christ of Christmas we thank you lord for the ways we've already seen that and been reminded of that lord i've i've thought time and time again of our our children and the the program the lord uh, reminding us that even in the struggles and, the, and the, the, the issues of life that for some may not seem to be a very big deal. You, you care about what we care about. If it matters to us, it matters to you. Thank you, Lord, that you are walking with us. We're not alone on this journey. Thank you for friendship. Thank you for, for those of this congregation that we can say, yes, it is a family in every sense of the word. Lord, we, we lift up uh, those who have significant needs this morning. Our hearts go out to, to those who have been affected by uh, the storms and the lives lost. Some in, in some cases, entire families. Oh God, may your peace and your comfort be sensed and felt and seen through the hands and lives of others helping and Christians rising up to meet the needs. Thank you that there's hope even in the midst of devastation like that. Thank you, Lord, for those among us who have physical needs or emotional needs, uh, financial needs, whatever the case may be. You are the God who said you will supply every need. And we stand upon that promise today. We trust you. Whatever we're going through, You're faithful. You're sufficient. Lord, may our faith increase and rise to meet whatever we're going through today, to know You, to walk with You, and to be filled with Your Spirit. Lord, I don't think there's a person in this room that has been perfected yet. I don't think there's a person here today that doesn't need something that You have to pour into our lives, and each of us, each of us can receive from you today. But Lord, beyond that, we just want to give you honor and praise for who you are. If if you never did anything else for us, you have sent your Son and made a way for our salvation, made a way for us to be filled with the Spirit. We thank you for that. Lord, as we continue to worship You and we look at Your Word this morning, help us to receive what You have for us today. I thank You that You are here in this place. You're speaking to hearts and lives. And we can all respond to You and go out of here knowing that it has been good to be together in the house of the Lord this morning. We love You. We praise You. It is all for You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Say amen. 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 I believe most of you. <laughs> I trust that uh, you'll hear from the Lord if you haven't already before we leave today and uh, you will know that you have been in His presence. Um, I'm always thankful for the opportunity uh, to preach and uh, just as a way of informing you because uh, while the, the call to full-time ministry is from the Lord, uh, it is you as a congregation who, who gives uh, someone like me a place to do that. And I want you to know that I don't ever take that for granted. Uh, That's that's not just a given. And so I'm grateful to to each of you and the contributions you make uh, to the life of this church. Um, You didn't have to welcome me and my family in uh, almost seven years ago now, but you did. uh, And I'm so grateful uh, for that. But our family is larger than just one congregation and uh, God has opened a door for, uh, for a short season, uh, I expect, uh, for me to be able to help one of our sister uh, congregations. Our uh, Nazarene Church in Griggsville uh, is currently uh, beginning the process of looking for a new pastor. And in the meantime, they will need uh, uh, someone to preach and fill in. Uh, so a couple of times a month, a couple of Sundays a month, I'm going to be uh, at Griggsville uh, preaching Uh, for them two Sundays a month and every fifth Sunday for however um, long it takes for them to get a new pastor or till another plan is arranged. So uh, would you pray uh, for me and for them and for for what God wants to do in Griggsville? I believe He he has a great work that He wants to do in Griggsville. Souls He wants to reach there and use them uh, as a mighty force for Him. So let's pray. I believe there's a revival that He wants to bring upon His church. Uh, there in Griggsville, so uh, I would covet your prayers uh, for the days ahead and uh, I'm not uh, I'm just filling in so in case you're you're wondering that's uh, that's the only plan is just for me to go and preach a couple of Sundays uh, a month but thank you for being uh, prayerfully supporting that and allowing the church board uh, allowing that uh, to take place as well and Pastor BJ I'm grateful for that well Enough of that. If you have your Bibles, get to John chapter 1. I invite you to turn there. John chapter 1. Let's uh, look at His Word this morning. His Word that we uh, commonly call the Bible has always been crucial for us as His people. But there is probably not, certainly not a day in any of our lifetimes where it has been any more vital That we know His Word, we read His Word, we stick to what His Word says because we live in such a day that is flooded with all kinds of misinformation and this agenda, that agenda, hear this, listen to this, tune into this, focus on this. I mean, it comes at us in a barrage from every direction. Read His Word daily. Read it. Live in it. Ask God to help you understand it. And apply it to your life. Through His Holy Spirit, He will bring it to life in you and through you and keep you on the right road home. In the midst of every other message and story and agenda that's out there, we need to be focused on the Lord. Amen? John chapter 1. I want to look at a couple of different passages here. We'll begin reading at verse 1. Would you stand with me this morning if you're able? For the reading of God's Word. John chapter 1, I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Hear the word of the Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And you ought to nearly shout on this one. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Look at verse 10. The testimony of John the Baptist is given, and then in verse 10, He he was in the world, speaking again of Jesus, He was in the world, And the world was made through Him, and the world did not know Him. He came to His own, and His own did not receive Him. But as many as received Him to them, He gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in His name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. There are probably a lot of adjectives that we could uh, use to describe um, our world. I think it's an adjective. Somebody was talking this morning about English and literature and where's Fred when I need him? He can diagram a sentence with the best of them. Um, But if one adjective, I think... uh, that could be applied to our world as much as any in this day, is this messy? Is that an adjective? Hey, see there? Where's my teacher when I need her now? Um, messy. What, how many? Would you Would you agree? I mean, I'll just show a hands. Would you agree that that's that's pretty appropriate? That we live in a messy world. I mean, it's just man. Um, I don't want to be a negative person, but it's, it just seems the reality. Think, things are just messy right now. That whatever, whatever you're talking about, there's so many different voices and so many different opinions and strife and, and struggle and pressure and all kinds of things. And we could spend all day long with the whys and who's to blame or who's causing it, what's the source... Where does it all come from? The Bible speaks to that and tells us about that. But the only reason I want to raise that to us this morning is, is because of this Jesus was born into a place and a time where the world was very messy. In fact, there's probably not been any point in history, really at all, a fair telling of history that you could look back and say it wasn't messy. From the time there, there became two people, it got messy. You know, uh, after that, it's, it's been kind of messy ever since. We've, we're, we're people trying to figure out this life and this world. When it comes to the word messy being applied to a situation, the definition most often given is this, confused and difficult to deal with. Anybody want to testify? Confused and difficult to deal with. But this was the kind of world that Jesus was born into. First century Rome was not the most ideal vacation spot. Jerusalem was a place of necessary travel because every Jew was required, if they were able, to go to Jerusalem and to to be at the temple to pay honor and homage to, to it was part of their religious life. Jesus was born into a, a life and time where even by our present circumstances politically and, and, and in our government, in this nation of ours, if we were comparing it to the, the nation and the rule and the government that Jesus was born into, we would like Illinois a whole lot better than we presently may like it. That's hard to believe, isn't it? Jesus was born under circumstances that were not kosher, if I could use that word. His mother, the, the, there were questions. How, how could it be that she had conceived a child as a virgin? I mean, you, you tell me today, if we got that news about someone, there's, there's one among us who has conceived that they're a virgin. What would your first thought be? There's more to that story, <laughs> right? We wouldn't just say, oh sure, yeah, God's up to something, God's doing that. There was a census that had been taken, and, uh, and the records are a little fuzzy about it. But uh, it was probably the only time it ever happened. It led to some of the events that took place around Jesus' birth. Mary and Joseph traveling at a time when she really, it was messy. She shouldn't have been traveling. You don't wait till the third trimester to take a ride on a donkey. I mean, that's just... Right? I mean, I don't, I've, it's just not, not good. It was messy. But don't miss this. God is not afraid to step into our mess. Somewhere along the line, this got confused. I don't know how. I'm not really sure exactly what, Led to it, but when I think about my years and experience of walking with the Lord and going to church and following the Lord and doing what we do, somewhere along the line the message kind of got confused that that God only wants the clean, pristine, put together, fixed up, got it all working right. That that's really what he's. That's the ones who are really welcome, and in church and some somehow the message got distorted. And I'm just here to tell you this morning that if you've ever been under that or felt like you were under that or felt like you were pressured into feeling that way or thinking that way, that was a lie and that was wrong. Because if Christmas says anything at all to you and to me, if what God did at Christmas, that first Christmas so long ago, if it says anything, it ought to say this, Whatever the mess of my life may be, God wants to dwell with me. He wants to make Himself known. He will come right to where I am. He will not just simply stay far off in heaven and declare from from a distance. He will come to us. And He wants to. He desires to. If you're here this morning and, 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 and Satan has lied to you, the enemy has lied to you, and other people have lied to you and said, until you get your act together, it's never going to be or you're never going to be. God is here to say to you this morning, I'm coming to you right now. I'm here for you. I want you to know me. I want to be born into your life, into your mess. It's okay. Please don't misunderstand me. God absolutely does not want to leave any of us in our mess. But He in no way sees our mess as an obstacle to dwell with us, to be with us, to come to where we are. It's so important that we get that because I'm afraid far too many people have just turned a deaf ear to the message of Christmas and the message of the Bible because they look at their life and say, look at me, it's such a mess, why would God want me? Would you ask God to give you one person between now and Christmas or now and whenever you feel it, to give you one person that needs to hear, I don't care how messed up your life may be, Christmas says that God will come into your mess and give you the greatest gift of all. Your mess is not an obstacle for him. I love uh, uh, Max Locato's writings. Many of you maybe have read many of his books. I don't know. But I love, he's a wordsmith. He really is. And I love the way he, he tries to phrase some of this God coming into our mess. He says, it all happened in a moment a most remarkable moment that was like none other for though that segment of time for through that segment of time a spectacular thing occurred god became a man while the creatures of earth walked unaware divinity arrived heaven opened herself and placed her most precious one in a human womb god as a fetus holiness sleeping in a womb, the Creator of life being created. God was given eyebrows, elbows, two kidneys, and a spleen. He stretched against the uterine walls and floated in the amniotic fluid of His mother. God had come near. The hands that first held Him were unmanicured, calloused, and dirty. No silk, no ivory, no hype, no party, no hoopla. Were it not for the shepherds, there would have been no reception at all. And were it not for a group of stargazers coming later, there would have been no gifts. Think of the symbols that you've already seen this Christmas. Advent wreaths, plays and programs, concerts, trees, mangers, lights, Santa Claus, mistletoe, stockings, candy canes, all sorts of symbols around this holiday we call Christmas. Have you been sure to see the greatest symbol of all? Not just the trappings of Christmas, but the reason it's Christmas at all. The Christ of Christmas and would you even in this moment ask the Lord help me to see him a little more clearly help me to look into the face of my Savior and be reminded once again because he knows I'm tempted to get caught up in everything presents and gifts and all the stuff the, everything that we do around this time of year I don't want to miss him because I'm striving too hard for all those other things the world says we should chase after, right? God help us. Look how John writes of Jesus there in John chapter 1. In verse 2, this one who came to us, this one who came near, this one who entered into our mess, John says he was in the beginning with God. Jesus didn't just start existing In a manger in Bethlehem. He always was. Verse 14 He was the only Son of God. Back to verse 3 Everything was made and created through Him. Again in verse 4 In Him was life and light for you and me. Verse 14 He became flesh and dwelt among us. Verse 10, He was unknown by the world. Do you ever find yourself struggling to connect with somebody who, who doesn't know Jesus or doesn't have a church background or doesn't have all the, the history because you're, you just feel like you're on two different wavelengths? I'm talking one language, you're talking another. We just don't seem to be able to, to come together. It shouldn't surprise you. I will never forget the day a man walked into one of the churches we pastored. He was visiting. I'd never seen him before. I've never seen him since. We had a conversation out in the foyer, and he said, there's one thing that surprises me about you Christians. I said, what's that? He said, it's how much you expect the lost people to be saved, or how much you expect them to act like lost people to act like they're saved. Let me try that one more time. How much you expect lost people non-Christians, to act like Christians. Does that make sense? So I'm, I'm amazed at that. That you, that. that you just automatically think we know all this. We've got all this figured out. It, it, it reminded me of something that day, that something needs to grow in me to be better at communicating the love of God, the grace, the mercy, the patience the joy, the hope that He gives. I need to be faithful to not just assume everything about someone else because when I assume, then I put an expectation. And when I put on an expectation, then it's easy for me to judge. Are you meeting my expectation or not? I'm so glad the Lord didn't come to me that way. I'm so glad that He came to my life and it was communicated to me that He loved me right where I was. And I'm so thankful that it was also communicated to me that He had no intention of leaving me there. He saw me where I was. He would meet me where I am, but He had something infinitely better for me if I would accept His gift of salvation, if I would accept the relationship He was offering to me through His Son. John the Baptist, cousin of Jesus, says says this of him in verse twenty-nine of John chapter one. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Have you lost the wonder of that? Do you need to recover that again this Christmas? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That is no small thing, my friend. That's everything, really, when you think about it. The prophet Isaiah writes perhaps the best biography we have of Jesus in Isaiah chapter 53. Verse 1, he says, "...who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant... And as a root out of dry ground, he has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows Yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But He was wounded. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes... We are healed. Praise His name. Maybe you just need to say it out loud. He did it for me. Can you do that? He did it for me. I'm convinced we won't experience everything God has for us until it becomes personal. Until it becomes not just something the church you're a part of says from time to time or sings about from time to time until you're able to read something like that and say, that's me. That's me. He did that for me. I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. I should have hung on a cross in disgrace my sins. But Jesus took my place. And when that became real in my life, and what I would like to term this morning, that's that's receiving the gift of Christmas. When you recognize, when when it dawns on you, when He makes it real in your life, when you surrender and accept it fully, that He has done this for me. I will stand before Him one day forgiven, redeemed, not because of anything I ever did or could do, not because of anything I ever said or thought about saying, but because Jesus loved me and gave Himself for me and shed His blood on a cross and died for me. When you accept that and it becomes personal and it becomes real, I've never met a person yet that that hasn't so fundamentally changed them That for the rest of their life, every effort they have is is returning thanks to Him. Finding some way that they could reach into another person's life and and bless them and encourage them and, and point them to Jesus. Finding some way that they could lift up the name of Jesus because they live every day and every moment in the recognition that that penalty should have been mine. I was deserving of all that He suffered and went through. But He took my place. Praise His name. And I stand redeemed, forgiven, set free. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen? It is a gift. And you know the, uh, the one unique thing about a gift... You got to receive it. you ever given a gift to somebody that didn't want to receive it that rejected it? Boy that's hard. It's tough for me not to get angry when that happens because it takes a lot of effort for me to think about a gift and buy a gift and give a gift and I really and and God need this is confessional Jesus can lay down his life, a ransom for many. He said that, right? Nobody takes my life from me. I lay it down freely. He could have called a legion of angels at any moment to stop it all. and Say, no, not going to follow through with this. But he laid his life down, gave it up for you and for me. I wonder what it must do to the heart of God When the gift of the life of His Son is extended to all of this world and someone has the audacity to say, no, no. Certainly we need to journey with some folks in our lives and people in our lives because I have encountered and many of you have too. There are folks in our world and maybe you've been one of them. Maybe you are right now. Life has thrown you some terrible things. You've gone through some things. You, maybe you never experienced love and generosity and, and people reaching out to you. And maybe life has, has been a, a terrible road for you to this point. And it's hard for you to hear a message that says, there's a, there's a free gift of salvation. All you have to do is receive it. But I want you to know this morning... It is true, and if you will, by faith, trust it, believe it, lean into it, why, why would I take the time to... I mean, I look around the room, and, and I, I know just about every single person here, and I know that the vast majority of you, would. your confession would be that I know Jesus. I've accepted Him as my Savior. I'm, I'm, I'm striving to live for Him and follow Him as best I can. Why would it even be something to bring up Because I see so many of us, and I've experienced it in my own life, that we feel so undeserving. It's hard for us to even accept, oh, He has so much for us. His power, His presence, peace, joy, love, hope. He wants to pour it all out. He died for nothing less. And we can live in it. We can enjoy it. He has this great gift For us. Jesus showed us what God is like. And in turn, we get to show the world what He is like. As they watch Him living in us and through us when we have received this gift, the Christ of Christmas, that encounter, that reception of that gift changes who we are. And His Spirit now dwells in us and lives in us and through us. And we don't have to be a great preacher. We don't have to be a a powerful evangelist. We don't have to be the greatest missionary the world's ever seen or a professor of theology or, or Sunday school teacher. We can just live in and out what God is doing and has done in our lives. And I promise you, others will see it in you. I will never forget years ago, and I've probably shared this too many times with too many of you, but uh, I was a college student working at UPS. I knew God wanted me to be a witness for Him wherever I was at. I knew that, right? I mean, I I had that kind of figured out by that point. But when I went to work getting in the back of a 53-foot box trailer loading boxes, I met some of the world's awfulest scoundrels. Now they could work, they worked circles around me, but boy, they were rough. And a few weeks went by, and all I could think about was, I haven't witnessed any of these guys yet, I haven't, I haven't showed them all the scriptures, I haven't led them through the Roman road, I haven't, I haven't led them in the Lord's Prayer, I haven't led them in the sinner's prayer, I haven't done all these things, I haven't, I haven't gone through all these steps. I, Lord, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Some way, somehow. I've got to reach these guys. I need need to be an example for them. I need to... And one of them came up about three weeks into working with them on the job there, and he said, You don't cuss. I don't. I don't. He said, uh, And... uh, You don't get angry when that blankety-blank manager we've got does the things he does. There's something different about you. What is it? Oh, God, help me to point this man to you. But even in that statement... Here's something I was missing. I already had. You see, I had been trained and raised and kind of taught to that point that it's a system. Do A to get B. Follow this plan and get this result. And I learned that day. God is not asking me to 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 pass some Sunday school test, if I could say it that way. He's asking me to live faithfully out to a lost and dying world what He has done in me. To let my life be the expression of the gift that He has so graciously poured into me. And then watch how He will take that offering back to Him as I live it out to other people. As I give the Holy Spirit freedom to do what He wants to do in my life and the fruit of the Spirit flows out. Others see that and they know it. They see the difference. They see there's something missing in their life. And it's all glory to Him because without Him, without His Spirit, without His presence, without the gift of His Son living and reigning and working in our lives, they only see one more broken person. They only see one more lost and searching person. But thanks be to God, if we will receive the gift and we will accept everything that He's offering to us through His Son, through the gift of His Holy Spirit filling our hearts and lives, if we will accept it, believe it, walk in it, the expression of that will lead many souls to glory. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. To really see Jesus, we have to really embrace the purpose of why He came in the first place. He came because we could not save ourselves. We could not get out of the mess we were in on our own. We needed a Savior. We needed one who would be born into the mess of our lives, right where we were. Right into the scandal of Mary's Conception right into the, the trappings of Him not being born in adequate facilities but out in a stable. All those things, He came right into the middle of all that mess and brought salvation to every single one of us who will believe and receive it. Max Lucado finishes the story this way. For 33 years... He would feel everything you and I have ever felt. He felt weak. He grew weary. He was afraid of failure. He was susceptible to wooing women. He got colds. He burped. He had body odor. His feelings got hurt. His feet got tired. And his head ached. To think of Jesus in such a light is, well, it seems almost irreverent, doesn't it? It's not something we like to do. It's uncomfortable. It's much easier to keep humanity out of the incarnation. It is much easier to keep humanity, our mess, out of the incarnation. It's easier to stomach it that way. Have you ever been guilty of glossing over the reality that you knew was right in front of you just so you could go on? I don't want to face this right now. I don't want to deal with this right now. I'll just make an excuse, give some reason, move on. don't want to deal with it. It's easier that way. Max Lucado says this. This this may be the most powerful thing you hear all day. But don't do it. Don't do it. For heaven's sake, don't do it. Let him be as human as he intended to be. Let him into the, ma- the mess, the muck, and the mire of your world. For only when you fully let him in can he fully pull you out. Isn't that good? Only when you fully let him in can he fully pull you out. In other words, you can have all of him you want, but he won't force you. He'll give you all of him that you invite him to give. You want Him to have all of your life? Give Him all of your life. Not just the parts you're proud of. Not just the parts you're thankful for. Give it all. Every bit of it. Every embarrassment. Every failure. Every could've, should've, would've. Give it all to Him. Surrender it all to Him. And watch how He will take that as an offering and say, now I can do something in you fully through you that you have never experienced before because you've always been holding on to this, that, that thing back there, and that wish, that hope. While we have confidence that Jesus was God in the flesh, At the same time, we have to remember He was fully man. We must let Him be in and have control of every part of our lives. This is the essence of the holiness message. If there's a part of your life that you're holding on to, He cannot fill you with His Holy Spirit. You cannot be filled with something if you're not completely empty first. Does that make sense? So ask Him, well, what do I do? What do I do? If if that's the case, what do I do? Just ask Him, oh God, take all that I know and all that I don't know, all that I'm willing to confess and all that I'm not willing to confess. I give it to you because I want all of you more than I want my mess. I want to be free. I want your Spirit flowing in me fully and completely. I want the world to see something different in me because of you. It was God who desired for it to be this way. Think about it. He could have come so differently. He could have said, no, my son needs to be born into the palace. My son needs to be born into a life of influence and a life of riches, wealth, and high-privilege he could have done that he could have orchestrated it any way he wanted but he chose to come into our mess and you and i should be eternally thankful paul writes this second corinthians chapter 4 for it was god it was god who commanded light to shine out of darkness who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ? But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power, that, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. The glory of God in the face of Jesus, that the power in our lives will be of God, and not of us. Have you seen? Do you know the Christ of Christmas? Have you received Him fully, completely into your life? Any unconfessed sin, anything that is not right, and you know it. He's, I'm convinced He's faithful to give us those nudges along the way to tap us on the shoulder every now and then and say, what about that? I know you're doing all these other things over here, and that's good. God bless you. That's good. What about this? What about that? When are you going to let go of that? When are you going to surrender that? When are you going to give that? Because it's that. It's that one thing that you want to hold on to that keeps me from being able to fill you completely. Let it go. Trust me. Whatever it is, I will do a work in your life that you have not even imagined. I will not just save you from your sins. I will fill you with my Holy Spirit. You will walk in power, in victory, in newness of life like you never dreamed possible. And it won't be because of you. It will be because of the glory of Christ seen in your face, and the power of God at work in you so that you can point others to the source. Would you stand with me this morning? As Matt comes back to just play something softly for us, I want to give you a moment. You can respond, and I'm still, maybe I'm old school, maybe I'm old fashioned before my time. But I still believe that God has equipped us with hands and feet and eyes and ears and a mouth because He wants us to use them. And we can. And we can respond. When someone offers us a gift, when they reach out that gift to God or another person, we can reach out our hands and receive it. And I still believe there's something significant about doing something that demonstrates both to you and to the world around you that I am a child of God. Whether that's coming to an altar and praying, whether that's following the Lord in baptism, whether that's loving your neighbor as yourself, whether that's praying for your enemy, giving, going two miles with the one who asks you to go a mile, giving your coat to the one in need, He's asking you and he's asking me, will you respond? What will you do? When the wise men saw the star, they knew, we've got to take a journey. When the shepherds heard from the angels, they knew, we've got to take a journey. We can't just go right back to watching the sheep. We can't just go right back to business as usual. We've got to respond. We've got to act. So how will you respond today? Father, I praise you and I thank you for coming into my mess. And I thank you, Lord, that even now when I've messed it up, you don't shun me. You don't turn away. You remind me once again You're good at coming into messes. You're good at meeting us in the places where others may say it's not appropriate, it's not right. Oh, Father, may Your heart be the one that is seen here today above everyone else. May Your love for us Your plan for us, Your purpose for each and every one of us here be accepted and received by every heart. Jesus, search us, O God. Any sin in my life, anything that displeases You, any thought, any action, any failure to act, O God, I repent. I ask You to forgive me. I don't want there to be anything anything in my life that would cause you grief. I want to be filled completely, daily with your Spirit. I want my life to be a symbol of Christmas. I want others to be able to see I'm a man who's received a gift. It's not mine. I didn't possess it before. I don't own it. I just am a steward of it. I I've received it. And they can too. Thank you, Lord, for redeeming my life from the pit. For showing me grace, forgiveness, mercy beyond anything I could ever deserve or even knew to ask for. You are the Christ of Christmas. You are the gift. If we woke up Christmas morning and there's nothing under the tree, we are blessed. We are rich. Forgive us if we've lost our way in seeing you as the one who comes into our messes, as the one who forgives our sins, as the one who fills us with the Holy Spirit so that the fruit of the Spirit the power of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit are lived out in our lives Father move us up to another level of experience with you draw us closer to you may we say yes to you anyone here that needs to accept you as Savior and Lord anyone here that has not followed you in baptism, anyone here that is still holding on to something that you've been faithful to show us, oh God, help us to surrender it to you today by an act of the will, an act of faith. We give it to you. It's yours. We're tired of carrying it. It's too much. And you don't want us to bear it another moment. Oh God, thank you for the wonderful victory that you offer to each and every one of us. An abundant life here and now with you in the hope of heaven for all of eternity one of these days. Oh God, we worship you. We thank you for who you are. Be born again in each of our lives this day and throughout this Christmas season. And Help us to be faithful, to find one other person that we can share this good news with. It is the greatest gift in all the world, and we thank you for it. We give you praise, and all God's people said, amen, amen. May God bless you as you go today.